Welcome to the Saturday Podcast Show. I'm James Burfield, and uh, with me is MX Vice Editor Lewis Phillips. Hello, hi, hi. We're here in uh, Tuschentar, Germany. And uh, would you say lackluster, Lewis? That's, <laughs> that's such a negative, just a negative person, isn't you? Just negative way to start a show, I guess. Um, I think why I think it's... <laughs> that, was, that was literally <laughs> the worst way to start the show ever. <laughs> well, uh, let me explain myself. Um, we're missing, is it 14 riders altogether? Uh, we're now at 16 after today. Wow. So we're missing 16 riders from this series. I mean, that's a podcast for probably Wednesday. Um, as to why we're missing so many riders, um, what's it down to, blah, 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 blah. But definitely, Caroli and Hurling's missing is definitely, we're feeling it in MXGP, hey? Yeah, I don't think it would be as much of a issue if we didn't have that little taste last week, because we just got a little tease of what it could be like. We now know what we're missing out on, whereas had last week not happened, we wouldn't actually know how good it can be. So now, like, watching the qualifying race, I was just thinking back to what was going on exactly a week ago and I was like how can a series change so much in seven days but here we are well interestingly Geyser won the, the qualifying race but he was so in control and although it says six seconds at the end he must have backed off um five six seconds the last couple laps yeah 10 was the uh, highest his gap was but that was manageable by a long shot like he had no issues at all I didn't see him put a foot wrong I saw Prado make more mistakes than Geyser which is a Something I never thought I'd say. One thing we did notice about Geyser as he was doing, uh, just checking the track before the qualifying race was, do you think he's got extra body armor or he's changed his body armor? Because he definitely looked way more padded than usual. Nah, you, we need to go back and do past research to figure that out. Okay. Because maybe we just didn't notice it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we didn't because uh, he definitely looked like he had uh, new body armor on. But anyway, so um, it was a faultless performance. Yep, and that's kind of just all he needs to do now. If he keeps on doing that, then it will be boring. And maybe he's finally going to prove to us all that he can back it down and use his head. Yeah, it was interesting because he didn't seem to be under any pressure throughout the whole race. I mean, Jeremy tried, but Jeremy Seawork, he tried, but he he just didn't have enough. Yeah, Seawork dropped off a little bit more than I was expecting, actually. I kind of thought, well, at one point he was kind of in no man's land, like a little bit off of Geyser, but a little bit ahead of everyone else. And he kind of got pulled back into that battle that consisted of Koldenoff, Paulin, and uh, Feverer. So I was surprised at that, but uh, I'm still on the sewer train. I'm very uh, positive about what we on the sewer train have coming up in the near future. And um, Paulin was, uh, he, he looked fast initially, and then a uh, slight mistake. Let's not, let's not, let's not uh, make mistakes here, though. Paulin got fourth, and everyone's like kind of excited, like he's back, he's back. He got caught and passed by Koldenoff. That was not what Paulin was doing in March and April. No. So let's not. We're going to start to see some different results with so many riders injured, and that's going to confuse things a little bit. But let's let's use our heads here. Let's figure it out. Like I don't think he's back to where he was, even close. Is he better? Yes. Will he still get a solid result tomorrow? Yes. But in this field, if he was as strong as he was in March and April, a podium would be inevitable. And I don't think we can say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tonus uh, looked a little bit off today. Uh, is, that a, is that a fair assumption? Well, he was second in time practice, 0.035 slower than yeah. Geyser. But yeah, look, looked good then, but in qualifying race? I don't know, just didn't really get going. I saw his team were telling him to stop using inside lines a lot, which makes me wonder if he was just kind of 
searching for the shortest way around the track rather than the uh, most effective. Okay. But yeah, it wasn't really going anywhere. And it's going to be interesting to see what you can do with 14th gate pick tomorrow because, uh, once again, start's important. And uh, that's not the most, uh, what would you say, not the most uh, beneficial place to be. Interesting when you say starts are important. We, we, we noticed something in the MX2 um, qualifying race where Mitchell Harrison was uh, probably 10 bikes from the uh, outside. He got pinched off at the start, but still came around in 13th. So is it a case of, uh, if do you know what, if it all goes wrong on the start, tuck in on the inside? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a case of get a bad start. You better act fast while everyone's bunched up and together because if you leave it too long and don't have that intensity in the first couple of laps, then you're screwed, basically. Uh, once again, start, well, I guess when everyone says starts are so important, what they really mean is the first two laps, I guess, because obviously you can, if you're clever with line choice and you can kind of read things properly, you can make big gains in a short amount of time. But once everyone starts to get into a rhythm and spread out, then uh, you are screwed. From the uh, the top 10, there was a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say hard pack specialists because they're not hard pack specialists, they're good in sand and everything else, but... Some riders which lend themselves better to uh, to hard pack seem to feature quite quite heavily. So um, let's look at the uh, the list we've got. Uh, obviously, Fevre, Lieber, Monticelli, Jonas, uh, Jazakonis was actually in front of Monticelli um, until uh, I think was it last lap he um, took a tumble. Uh, yeah, you screamed so loud that I genuinely thought I was in danger. Yeah. I jumped out of my skin. Well, uh, you were obviously uh, full-on tweeting, and um, I was like, holy shit. It was a big one. It wasn't as big as what we've seen as, uh, maybe it was actually. Maybe it was just as big as, as Jonas earlier on today. Well, actually, uh, that section's caught out a few people. Uh, it's obviously, he crashed leading into the penultimate turn, which is the turn before pit lane, and it's kind of two roll. As you come, you come across the start straight, and obviously that's fast and all of that. And then you just hit these two rutted, chewed out uh, rollers. And Gertz crashed really hard there in uh, f time practice. And I'm wondering if that had something to do with his qualifying race. And then uh, Cyril Gonneau crashed there again in MX2 time practice. And then Jazakonis obviously did the same in a MXGP qualifying race. So I'm interested to see. I thought they would do more prep to that section before the qualifying races than they did. And they only bit one rider, so I guess it's not like catastrophic, but... I'm interested to see how that section develops tomorrow, especially considering I don't really ever remember there being big crashes there. Yeah, I think uh, this year's it seems a little bit more gnarly than previous years, but EMX 250, it, it took out two riders as well. So um, I wonder if that part's going to play a little bit in tomorrow. It'd be interesting if they do any track pep tonight on it, because when they are coming off, uh, you know, past the start and down, people are wheeling, and then they're, as they're jumping down into it, it seems that the, the back's kicking up. And that's what's putting all the pressure on the front, and that's when it, they seem to basically wipe out and go over the bars. In previous years, everyone was kind of using the bank uh, there. They were kind of jumping off of the bank and then riding that around the outside. So I don't know why. I guess they took away that bank or something, but no one's doing that this year. So a lot of the smooth guys going hugging tight to the inside, which is uh, yeah, radically different to what we've seen here in the past. Were there any standout performances for you today in MXGP? Uh, I'm clinging on to one thing. Uh, so we all suspect... Guys that will dominate tomorrow. Yeah. I'm clinging onto Fevre because he had two... He set the best time in the race in Sector 1 and the best time in the race in Sector 3. So that's something. He started second. He crashed on lap 2, which kind of put him back to 10th. And then he fought back to 5th. That's something again. So if he can start with Geyser, 
I'm mildly optimistic that he can do something, but I'm not all in, but I feel like that is the solution to this dominance problem we've got. So no pressure on Roman, but that is what I'm going to be watching uh, carefully at the start of the MXGP races. I always pick out one rider to watch because I kind of have one person in mind where I'm like, right, this person needs to get a good start and he will have my eyes on him tomorrow. Interestingly, off, off of the start, it was qu- quite funny. we just seen a train of Yamahas. So we've seen Geyser come around and then second, third, of, uh, second, third, fourth and fifth were actually both Yamaha teams. And that's, a, that's obviously a battle within a battle because all four riders' uh, contracts are up. Which is a big talking point here because uh, some people say that discussions are happening. I've been told that two riders are signed. Maybe not definitely, but if it is, if those two riders are signed, then I'm a bit surprised. And uh, yeah, Silly Season is in full effect. I actually didn't tweet at all in free practice because I was so deep in Silly Season. Well, to back, up, to back up what you said about Silly Season, um, I'm pretty sure there won't be a second Yamaha team next year. Wait, what? What do you mean, yeah, what? I did, but I told you there would be, like, an hour ago. So what have you learned since then? Well, I've, you know, again, you can't reveal sources, but um, I've I've been told that uh, there won't be a second Yamaha team. So, um... Oh, we're back in a situation where I can't say too much. Yeah, so is... I, 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 but I would be surprised... Then, if that's the case, I've been told that Yamaha have signed two riders. In that case, I would suspect they would have to sign three which kind of changes what I got told, but not much, because no. I would suspect the two riders who I got told were signed would be signed. Yeah. So um, Talking in riddles at a big time. <laughs> we obviously can't give too much away, but it sounds like, um, yeah, that could be the case. So uh, there's going to be a lot of changes, and in, in, in what we've heard as well, um, we're getting away from the, the racing now, but what we've heard is a lot of the riders have actually signed on the dotted line. So some of the people are waiting. So... We're going to see uh, some changes definitely in, in the paddock with things filtering out quite quite nicely with the lower down riders. We have uh, also learned today that there are things happening for 2021. So people are already planning that far ahead. And there are also things that could be happening as soon as Indonesia. So things could be happening quite far away and things could be happening next weekend. So wow. uh, we may even have some team changes mid-season. Wow, so watch this space. Going back to today's uh, uh, racing, um, a couple of riders which um, you know uh, stuck out uh, interestingly was uh, Jordi Tixier. He seems to be getting better every week, slowly but surely. Um, and I guess it's not f- it's not a privateer effort by any means because he's got his own team and factory support and factory support. But he definitely seems to be improving. Ah, oh, but again, like look at. Okay, add in Hurlings, that person puts him back to 12. Add in Caroli, that puts him back to 13. Add in DeSalle, puts him back to 14. Add in Lupino, probably puts him 15th. Add in Bobrashev, 16th. Uh, who else are we missing? A few others as well. Add in Nagel, maybe, that's 17th. So, yeah. <laughs> bit harsh, well, because, um, let's face it, he's he's done what other people haven't and stayed healthy and took yeah, his time but he and also built up so yeah he's yeah. he's there you know i know i know what you're saying i know what you're trying yeah. to say tonus was behind him because he crashed that person back to 18th obviously we're never gonna have that perfect field but it's uh we were close to that at the beginning of the season so i don't know well, i don't know we were stood there uh analyzing times uh through mxgp and one thing which popped up is this guy leoc uh fastest in section two and was actually quicker on one of the laps 
um, quicker than uh, guys are in the same section by a second. I'm uh, starting to wonder if there's a glitch with Leox, like transponder, because every <laughs> single week that he sets, every single week he goes purple in one sector. Only once, but every single week it happens, and it's now too much of a pattern where I'm like, surely it can't happen every week. Like, Geyser doesn't go purple in a sector every week. So, uh, yeah, I'm confused. Wow. But uh, there is one more rider that we need to mention uh, in MXGP. Uh, Max Nagel was going to return today, and he did return. Uh, he did three laps, and his knee popped back out. So, damn. He was back, and now he's out again. So, he's obviously had the ACL repair? It was never ACL. He had he pop, His knee popped out in Argentina. Oh. That was it. That was a problem. The knee popped out when he, he didn't crash or anything. He landed off a jump, and the knee just popped out. And then three laps in, he dabbed it or something, and it popped out again. But apparently it's weird because the doctors told him that with knee braces, after the surgery he had, all of that fun stuff, there's like no risk of it happening again. So he's a bit uh, befuddled about the fact that it's um, replicated itself. But he said that he doesn't know how long he'll be out for, but now his mind is solely on uh, the nations at Athen. Really? Yes. But Because Roxon's already kind of said he's in. Yeah. Jacoby's quite good. Yep. So I'm presuming that Nagel's looking at that and going, okay, I kind of need to be there and in race fitness to some extent. Unless we'll see the return of Dennis Ulrich. Or Marcus Schiffer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, looking at the uh, the rest of the... We, we had Strybos, who was 10th in, uh, in in time practice. Uh, he finished 15th in uh, in the race for JWR. Um, Max, what happened? Uh, I think he might have crashed twice. He definitely crashed once, but I think he might have crashed twice. And he definitely started outside the top 20. So, uh, a combination of just bad things, really. But uh, it kind of goes back to what he said last week. Like, his teammates can get good starts. He can't, which is confusing. Even him, I think. But uh, until he gets a good start, I'd say the judgment is uh, out. Okay. Um, Bogus, 12. Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we moving on? Guido's <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah. back. Guido's back, yeah. He's on the red bike. Yep. Uh, KMP. Kind of filling in Frost and Root, I guess, but um, looked okay. Yeah, not amazing, but then what can you expect? Jumping in mid-season, he's not even really had a solid program all year. So yeah, about what you'd expect. But the sh uh, the bad <laughs> the bad thing about the situation that he's in is that he needs to impress every single time he gets out on the track. But then in order to do that, you also need time and familiarity and all of that. So he's in this weird situation. But I wonder what it would take for him to get back into the MXGP paddock full time now. Yeah, uh, good point. Um, MX2? Well, what about Tommy? Uh, I hear things are going in a positive way. Yeah? I hear that it, things are improving, like with the team and everything. Oh, that's good. I hear there's a lot of effort being put in and it's kind of going a bit smoother, so that's good. Cool, there we go. Little update for you. Um, MX2, Prado just took control. Oh, but Ben's out. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Ben. <laughs> talk us through Ben. What did you, what did you learn? Uh, he, um, well, supposedly he ran off a track and hit a mound of dirt or something, which then caused him to crash, and he's broken a metacarpal in his hand. It's pretty clean. Well, I don't know if you'd say clean. From the photo of the x-ray I saw, it looked like quite a, quite a break, I guess you'd say. Okay. But uh, who knows how long he'll be out, but Simpson's obviously out with a metacarpal injury at the moment, so... One thing I was going to ask you is, did you go to the hospital with Ben, or did you stay at the track? I stayed at the track. Okay. Um, and, and how are you coping right now? Uh, it's tough, but we, uh, he'll be back. 
Okay. And uh, what about your MX manager team? Because I know that he was in your MX manager team. Are you going to keep him in just as... I will know, say this. To be loyal? I will say this. Okay. He looked pretty good before he crashed. He was first in free practice, okay. then lost first, then went back to first. And that's my kind of... That's my kind of test. Okay. Like, if you're first once, fair enough. If you lose it and go back, then I'm like, okay, you've kind of got it. You've kind of got enough in the tank to go, oh, you did that? Watch this. So you're a Beniver. Okay. It's a bit but, like a Believer, but that's, but what, that's, what, that's what sucks about it, because it was all going in the right direction. Everything was kind of trending upwards. Like I say, even free practice was good. And, and then you can run off the track anywhere. But the one place he ran off the track, there was a mound of dirt, and it just snowballed into this. But yeah, who knows? Wow. We've okay. lost... Um, when you think about it, we haven't got Ben and we haven't got Blander in. And those are two, like, podium guys. Yeah. Like, imagine if they were in this mix. That'd be pretty good. Uh, Mitchell Evans, good start. Was in second. Dropped back to third. Can I can I say I expected more? Does no. I know Mitch listens to the main show. Does he listen to this? No, he doesn't listen to this. When okay, you're fine. good. Phew. Um, yeah, I kind of thought there might be a little bit more. Maybe saving it to tomorrow. I don't know. I just saw him start with Prado, and I kind of thought he would put it all on the line to try and prove a point. But it's only qualifying. It is only qualifying. Yeah. And, and the track's a little bit deep, ruts, sketchy. Yeah, that's that's kind of a motocross track, James. Yeah. You will find ruts on a motocross track. But why take a chance in uh, in, in, in qualifying? Oh, sorry, in, in, in qualifying. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of taking chances. Jacoby? I'm so <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I actually, I thought that this could go one of two ways for him. Uh, either option A, he would thrive off the home crowd, uh, loving life and it, that would carry him to a great finish. Or option B, he would thrive off of a home crowd, uh, cartwheel, and DNF. And I was surprised how level-headed he seemed to be, but there's still time for option B. No, I actually... He's he's definitely staying in my um, in my uh, MX manager team tomorrow. What if someone, like, gets in his way, and he then gets mad, and then the home crowd cheer him on, and he gets madder? Well, they just need to get out of the way, don't they? And then he just starts, like, throwing parts off his bike. They just need to like get maybe away. he'll maybe he'll like undo his clutch lever and then throw it at someone as he rides past them until he's like just sat on a seat in the middle of the track with and nothing on else on it. Again, they need to get out of the way. You'll he's just see an F and you'll just see him like pick up an F and H engine and throw it across the track to take off this poor German guy. There is a Jacoby train coming. He is in MX my MX manager team. I predict big things tomorrow. Meh. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> And Brian Moreau. Yeah, he's kind of back a little bit. He is. He had a little... Uh, little don't know wobble. where he went for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was good in... Fr well, he wasn't really that good in France. He was good in France. He was good in France. To be fair, he was good in France on Saturday and not so much on Sunday. Yeah, things which just... Which now makes me wonder what we're going to see tomorrow. Things just didn't work out, but he looked good. And um, one person who I was super impressed with was Maxime Renault yeah. Again. This what is, is we wrong know, with no, you? No, we know this now. This is what we know. Really? But we know. Also, what's weird is Maxime Renault and is Churlin, rookie, rookie year. Yeah, but Maxime. Yeah, but that's what I mean. We've seen this before. This isn't new information. We know that Maxime Renault is this good. Well, I'm giving him credit for being this good. Yeah, I just think that you need to give him a little bit more. What's weird kudos. is uh, Renault and Chervelin teammates seem to be stuck together in every single race. That's training together. That's what it does. But like, I'm a bit confused now because it seems to happen no matter the circumstance. And, and Renault seems to always get the upper hand. And we've seen a return of Beaton. Yeah, Beaton was probably... Uh, he looked good. Yeah, I'd say Beaton was my second most impressive rider. Yeah, he looked really, really good out there. He looked aggressive, but also in control. Um, he looked super fast. We could do with Beaton 
getting back up there to kind of fill the void left by some of these injured guys. Yeah, it'd be great to see him on the podium tomorrow. But I still feel like it's going to be a bit of a building process and he'll need a few weeks to get to that point. But uh, we may have our first double Australian podium since Villa's Susakot in 2017 at some point. Interestingly, I've seen a, a little a little bit of a different side of Vial yesterday where, um, sorry, today. What today? <laughs> what, did <laughs> you go and hang out with him on Friday or something? No, no. It, the, the corner literally just before pit lane, um, there was it was really tight between four or five riders, one of those being um, Chervelin, uh, who came in um, on the inside as uh, Vial was on the outside. And uh, no, actually, Chervelin was on the outside, sorry, Vial was on the inside. And I was waiting for him to kind of like, you know, Chervelin seemed like he's able to take him. And I was fully expecting Vial to back off, but he didn't. And I think that's a sign. Yeah, I kind of, I, from what I see in pit lane and like what I see the mechanics putting on the boards, I kind of feel like KTM are trying to keep him in the fight a bit longer. Yeah. Like, okay, this guy's all over you. Fight back. Like, don't give in. I wonder if that's kind of a mental issue that he's having. But also, obviously, we've said that he's had a bit of a, not a slump, but he's not quite as spectacular as he was early in the season. And I wonder if that's partly due to this being his first full year, first year on a factory team, which obviously comes with a lot of commitments. I wonder at what point that starts to wear on him a little bit, which is natural. That's going to happen. Well, like I was even thinking the same about a rider like Sterry, who's spent a fair amount of time on the sidelines. Like if he makes it through the whole year, at some point, does that kind of wear on you a little bit? Well, can you, I mean, the other thing what we should look at is um, probably Vial and Renault. Look at the amount of races that they, they were doing last year. They've probably raced more this year and spent more time racing on a bike than they did the whole of last year because... Uh, what was it, eight EMX 250 rounds? Yeah, something like that, 10, 8. And pretty much they, you know, the time what they have for free practice, time practice, um, qualifying race, then they have two races. When you start adding that up over like 10 rounds, that's a lot of racing. Yeah, and even the extra testing that comes with being on a factory team, the autograph sessions, but you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Like, I just wonder, because I feel like that does, that. that is the natural thing. Like, it's not a slight on him or his fitness or his mental side or his body or anything. I just feel like that is a natural thing that would strike a lot of guys. So I wonder if it will hit him at some point, if it hasn't already. So one rider who kind of we expected to be there, but he did he wasn't there, was uh, Jago Gertz. Yeah, like I said earlier, he crashed big in team time practice and he got straight up, uh, went back to pit lane, but then rode off and did a few more laps. I wonder if that's maybe beating him up a little more than he's letting on. I haven't spoken to anyone there, so I don't know, but that would kind of make sense. Okay. Um, uh, good result for Baz Vassen. He looked good out there as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's riding a wave of momentum uh, now after Latvia, where he was what fifth overall, I think, or sixth overall, something like that. But he's always been able to do it on all surfaces. Like I kind of feel like this is finally. I think I spoke about it at the beginning of the season, but this is him finally doing what we all know he can. And um, we, we mentioned him er earlier on, which was Mitchell Harrison. He. Um, you know, had a terrible start. And it looked like he tucked around the inside and was able to take literally 20 riders. And um, he looked like he was going forward as well. Yeah, and 12th is good for him. I don't think he, like, obviously, I think he's been on a podium in MX2 before, so he knows what that feeling is like, and he obviously believes he can be back there, which I believe he can be with time. But I think right now, 12th is a nice spot for him. I think he was 12-12 last week, 12th again today. Even consistency, to have consistency this early on in your European career is a good sign because it's very easy to uh, lose that a little bit. And um, Darian, we've seen that Darian was, um, you know, took the 
was it the ins- it wasn't the inside was it it was about eighth from the inside uh, uh, at the start yeah fourth yeah I don't know why he had such a bad start I don't know if he crashed or something but I don't know but when we spoke to to Steve Dixon he kind of thought that this track would lend itself to um, his current con- con- current condition with Epstein Barr virus because there was places on the track that he was able to kind of rest a little bit and like Latvia last week which was you know quite intense there was nowhere to shut off so do you expect to see a better performance tomorrow from from Darian? I expect this to I expected this to be exactly like Russia where we'd have a good start, one good race where he'd kind of lo- use a lot of energy and then salvage something in the second one but from what 20 of gate pick I don't really see how he's going to get a good start and now I don't really see how he'll get a good result and I kind of feel like that's now snowballing from the bad gate pick. Okay. Cuz in his he needs all the help he can get in his current condition. So a decent start would have done a lot for that but obviously that's not going to happen. And uh, someone who didn't have a great start was Dylan Walsh. He oh, I'm, I'm gutted. I'm actually gutted. I feel like, oh, Dylan Walsh was kind of my pick to do something because he obviously he wildcarded here last year in MX2. I think he was eighth in the qualifying race. So that was amazing. Obviously got good vibes at this track. All of that fun stuff. Good things to have. And then he crashed on the first lap. Only got back to, what, 25th? 22nd? 22nd? 22nd. Uh, therefore, he probably won't get a good start tomorrow. Have a lot of work to do. And it'll be tough. It's going to be tough. Had he got a good gate pick, gate pick, I feel like it would have been uh, quite all right. Anybody else you want to speak about in MX2? Um, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about... Let's go with predictions. Okay. Um, MXGP predictions. Geyser. Yeah. Fevra. Sewer. Ah, okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Geyser, just because he looked so good today, um, you'd be crazy to bet against him. However, I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for February sec- uh, second and Paul Ann third. Brave, yeah, very. Uh, MX two, uh, Prado first. Okay, Olsen second and I'll say Evans third. I would go Gertz for second or third, but. Um, yeah, today was a bit weird, so I'm not really sure. Okay, I'm going to go Prado, uh, Jacoby, Olsen. Yeah, Jacoby scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, let's talk about MX Manager. So, um, I, I I like, uh, I, I'm definitely going to go with Jacoby uh, as my MX2 rider. Um, I quite like Harrison. Harrison's looking quite good tomorrow to pick up some points if he rides like he did today so uh, and and also beaten so there, there's some really good picks here um, MXGP I think I'm going to stick with Lieber because Lieber looked really good went about his business he took a sip today um, that's a good points haul for the, ma- for, the, for the money spent however I'm probably going to take Kamiya Yamaha out of my team now just yeah, because that would be a wise choice. Yeah. They're 100,000 and now Ben's gone. I can't see too many people picking Kamiya. And uh, Gertz, for me, kind of worried me a little bit with his performance today. So um, there's some standout riders there. Um, I mean, looking at this, Bogers, 12, could pick up some good points, cheap. Um, Monticelli. Monticelli could be another good a good pick. Who, have you, who are you going to go for? Uh, I think... Tentatively, I'm going to have Paul in, yeah. Koldenov, Beaton, and Yamaha. Ooh. I think. I'm not really sure. This whole this change in the price of Yamaha has really kind of 
uh, mucked with my brain. Yeah. But I can't. I think that would work because the way I look at it, or the way I have looked at it now, is a uh, Yamaha costs three hundred grand, and I think in Latvia they picked up fifty-two points. Yeah. Beaten costs three hundred grand. He's not going to pick up fifty-two points. So technically, Yamaha is still a good option. Technically. Yeah. So I feel like it just seems a bit weird to choose a manufacturer over a uh, rider. But I feel like that's a good choice. I don't really know. I'm very confused. But I feel like that's a good choice. I'm going to go with Paul Allen and Lieber, I think. I'm going to leave my team and my MXGP team exactly the same. I think I'm going to take out Yamaha and, I don't know, Renault's looking good. I mean, uh, I quite like him to do well tomorrow. I just don't know, because last week I kind of figured out that I need to have four riders on my team, and now I'm back to three again, and I'm just very confused. This Yamaha price situation has just really screwed me over. Well, I think it'd be interesting to see how many people actually go with uh, Paul Ann and Koldenhoff tomorrow, just because of the prices. Yeah, and Koldenhoff really arrived today. I don't even know if we talked to it about him, but that's definitely Koldenhoff. Yeah. We haven't seen Koldenhoff all year, but he's definitely back. Oh, he's back. And uh, on a satellite team, doing well. Welcome to 2015. <laughs> you keep going about this no, 2015. Welcome to 2015. How many conversations of 2015 you've, have you had this well, weekend? I just want people to know that when everyone else catches on, it was I kind of originated it. Oh, That's okay. So just you just need some credit. I'm just I'm just trying to like, um, what do you call it? Copyright it. Oh, okay. Because people are going to catch on. If something happens to Geyser, yep. touch wood, um, people will Hang catch on. on. You just touch wood. What, for it to happen? Or no, what, how, you, how does that happen? work? Am I meant to say, no, you oh, say hopefully something doesn't happen to Geyser. Touch, touch wood, wood, yeah, probably. But, but yeah. if something happens to Geyser, yeah, that's better. then everyone's going to really catch on. Yeah, I think And I'll be stood it over here like, um, hi, yeah, I've been here a while. 2015. Yeah, okay. so yeah. I just want people to know. I just hope he stays uh, strong and then you can stop going on about 2015. No, it's still 2015, but that'll just make it, that'll make it spookily like 2015. Okay. Um, anything else you want to add about silly season? Uh, no, no. I, I need to kind of collect my thoughts and see what I can say on Wednesday. Okay. But I do have some absolutely, like, unbelievable knowledge that I might be able to share if I think about it a little bit. Okay. But like the things I learnt today are very exciting. Like it's rare for silly season news to be that exciting, but this was that exciting. We'd like to thank um, obviously our usual sponsors. Um, Recluse, Atlas, Twenty, uh, Talon, um, A9 Oils, Prox, A9 Oils. Um, we got some new sponsors coming on board, which is really really cool. Um, also, check out the Raven goggles; they're still on uh, still on offer on Twenty Four Max. dot com. Yep. dot uk. dot de. dot Italy, wherever you're coming from. So, uh, helping those guys also supports us with this show because uh, they're obviously. Um, helping us be able to fund this and do this. So uh, big shout out to those guys. Um, and also, if you get a chance, check out the Pools Jonas crash on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and if you've got your team in and you want to share your team, you want to talk to us on a team, uh, then give us a shout on Twitter. It's Twitter, we, we're usually on and we have a little bit of banter on there and it'd be great for you guys to join in. So uh, the MX Vice is at Motocross Vice. Uh, Lewis is Lewis Phillips 71 Yep. And I'm just at James Burfield. So uh, definitely, if you if you got your team in tonight and you want to chat and da 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 da, then uh, we're we're all about that. So uh, let's do some bench racing tonight. Thanks very much for listening. Um, say bye, Liz. Uh, yeah. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you Wednesday. Thirty-eight minutes.